Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. John chapter 15. I am, this is part five, and if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screen. John chapter 15, beginning in verse one. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. He says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me. As I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Let's read one more verse. Verse 5. I am the vine. And you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We've been looking at who Jesus is for the past few weeks. And this series is going to lead us right into Easter in a couple of weeks. And Jesus said seven powerful I am statements. And today I want to talk to you from this subject. I am the vine. Today we're looking at the vine. Somebody say the vine. vine. We're going to talk about the vine. We're going to talk about Jesus for a little bit. And then we're going to worship one more time. Is that all right? Come on, why don't we close our eyes, bow our heads. Let's ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace toward us and with us. And thank you for the beautiful morning that it's been so far. And thank you for the day that we have ahead. We pray that you would bless us, be with us. God, I pray that today you will continue to help people so that we would know you better and get a better understanding of who you are. Thank you for Kendall. Thank you for City Campus. Thank you for every service. Be with us this day. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory. All of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. I want to talk to you from the thought, the power of connection. Connection is extremely, extremely important. Connection is something vital in our life to to live connected, to be connected, to have connections. It is important. It is valuable in our life. We're living in a world that is more connected than ever before, right? Like we're literally, something may happen on the other side of the planet and in seconds we know what's going on. Connection can be very helpful. Nothing shows how powerful connection is like disconnection, right? Like like the other day, Facebook was down for a little bit and the world was going crazy, (laughs) right? On Twitter, the, the number one trending topic was Facebook. People couldn't believe that Facebook was down. People were angry. People were upset. People were mad. Like, how can Facebook go down? I can't post a picture of what I'm eating for lunch and all my friends need to know what I'm going to eat, <laughs> right? And people were upset. Like, nothing shows you the power of connection like disconnection. Have you ever gotten your phone disconnected? <laughs> It's frustrating when you don't have a phone and you don't know where family are, where friends are. And and disconnection can be 
frustrating, right? When you're trying to do something or you're trying to use a tool and it's disconnected from the power source, you realize connection is extremely valuable. Connection is extremely important. I think when you are connected, your life is helped. I think when you're connected, your life is power. And I think that when you're connected, your life is protected. I think that a connected life is a protected life. Connection is protection. <laughs> uh, this past week, me and Diana, we took a few days off and we were able to go to Columbia. Any Colombians in the house? And uh, we were able to go to Columbia and, and spend time with her family we haven't seen in years. And we got some days of rest. And one of the days we're hanging out with her family and we're in a group and we're at this particular place at night. And, and in this place, we have a guy who's kind of like a tour guide and he's showing us around this place. And the whole group is walking around together with him. It was at night. There was barely any light. It's extremely dark. And the family and me and Diana were walking together and we're following this guy that's leading us. But, but just for a moment, for a quick moment, I, I, I wanted to leave the group just for a second. I wanted to take pictures on my own. I, 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 so I disengaged, I disconnected from the group. I'm like, I'll be back. And I left and, and I started walking this way apart from the group. And, and I was on this certain path, right? Like let's say I'm on this path and I get to the point of the path where it stops just kind of like this. It stops. And, and there's another path, but it's, it's kind of like a hop down. I got, I got to hop down and then the path continues. And so I'm looking down, I'm like, oh, this is a, it's, it's a short hop. I'm just going to hop down and walk on my own to take better pictures from that angle. So I'm looking around, and it's pretty dark, and I'm just like, quick hop. Look at the group, look at the path, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm just going to hop, take some pictures, hop right back up. Because it was dark, what I didn't know was that between my step and that step, there was a massive hole in between, a giant hole. And it was probably about five to six feet deep couldn't see it. It was extremely dark at night. All I saw was the second path. And I'm like, I can jump there and I'll continue. So I go ahead and I hop. And can I tell you, it has been the longest hop I've taken in my life. <laughs> I hopped and didn't stop hopping all the way down. Like I, I fell about five, six feet deep. Like I got hurt bad. Like I've never fell that hard in my life. My, my elbow was all scratched up, banged up, bruised up. My thigh is still hurts. I'm, I'm purple on this side today. I'm still, I, I almost broke my knee. No lie. I almost broke my, I thought I broke my leg. I thought I, my phone was shattered in pieces. Like it was a bad, bad, like it was so bad. The whole group came running toward me, right? They thought I died. They thought, I, I thought I died. I thought I died. I, <laughs> I, you ever try to play it off? Like you get up, you're like, I'm good, I'm good. Hey, I'm good. Everything's good. Everybody came around, are you okay? I got up and I, <laughs> I pretended to continue taking pictures. <laughs> right? I get up, I get up and I'm just like, I'm good, I'm good. I put my phone up, Dan is like, your phone is shattered. And I just kind of like, don't, don't, just keep going, keep going, babe, keep going. Let me just take pictures. I couldn't breathe. I, I saw stars. No lie, I think I got a concussion. I was bad, but I was trying to play it off. And I learned that connection is protection, and disconnection is dangerous. Disconnection is dangerous. Here, here's the problem, though, right? There's a big, big problem. The big problem is that disconnection happens often, right? Especially in our spiritual life following Jesus, disconnection can happen often. 
right? It, it's our busy schedule. It's our hectic lives. It's doing one thing or the other. If it's not work, it's kids. If it's not kids, it's marriage issues. If it's not marriage issues, it's something having to do with financial issues. If not, it's health. And all of a sudden, if we're not careful, we can take our eyes off of Jesus. We learned at the beginning of the year that we need to stay focused. But all of a sudden, there can be some distractions. And distractions can bring disconnections in our life after Jesus. And they can happen repeatedly and often. And if we're not careful, we can easily become disconnected. If we're not careful, all of a sudden we're looking somewhere else and our connection with Jesus is not the same. Can I tell you today that a weak connection with Jesus will equal a weak life. But if you have a strong connection with Jesus, it will result in a strong life after Jesus. Right. Jesus says, I am the vine. I am the true vine. You want a life like no other. You need to be connected to the right source. You need to be connected to the one that can give you joy. The one that can give you peace. The one that can give you love. The one that can give you power. The one that can help you no matter what may be happening. He will sustain you. He will hold you. Come on. Anybody thankful for the vine, the true vine, the real life source. His name is Jesus. We need to be connected. Maybe today you're like, Alex, I feel disconnected. I feel disengaged. I feel like life has become tough. You need to make sure that you get connected today to the vine because there is no life like life in the vine called Jesus. There is no life like the life in Jesus. We need to make sure we are not disconnected. We need to make sure that we are always engaged. Today, I want to tell you this, that if you get engaged and if you get connected, you're going to feel love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. You're going to have a life like no other. I'll tell you this today. A life full of fruit comes from a life full of connection. A life full of fruit comes from a life full of connection. Get connected in the vine. Get connected to Jesus. There is no other connection that you can have like the one you have in Jesus. You need to get connected. Right. This is what John, he's trying to tell us of what Jesus spoke in this I am statement. The book of John holds seven I am statements that Jesus said. Jesus, as he was alive and doing ministry for three years, he said seven powerful I am statements. The gospel of John records them. We talked about the bread of life. We talked about the door. We've talked about the light of the world. And today we see that he says, I am divine. It's important to know these I am statements. And that's why we did a series around them. Because you and I, we need to know who Jesus is. Otherwise, we're just following an idea or a concept. But we really don't know the person. But if you want a good relationship, if you want a right relationship, you just don't need to know about Jesus. You need to know who Jesus really is. The more you get to know the person, the better your relationship will be. And so I, I sometimes I'm afraid that a lot of us, we have an idea of Jesus, but we don't really know who he is. That's why this series is so important, because it's taken us down to the core, the foundation. Who is Jesus? Who does he say that he is? Why did he come into this world? Why did he go to a cross? Why did he resurrect? Because he's the bread of life, because he is the door, because he is the good shepherd, because he is the gate, because he is the light of the world. We're getting to know who Jesus is. John, he's given us all these powerful I am statements. And in John chapter 15, we hear Jesus say, I am the vine, 
All right? Now, now we need to understand, you, you need to get the whole setting. You need to get the understanding of why Jesus said this or, and also when he said this. Now, John chapter 13 through 15 is what is known as the upper room, right, moment, right? This is when Jesus, he's in Jerusalem now. They go up to this upper room. They're having Passover meal. It is Thursday night. He knows that late Thursday night, early Friday morning, he's about to get arrested and be crucified. John chapter 13 through 15 is everything that happens in the upper room, right? That's where they begin to talk. Jesus begins to prepare them. That's, that's where they have communion together. That's where Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. And they're all looking at each other like, is it me? Is it you? I knew it was you. I didn't like you from the beginning. You were going to be a betrayer, right? <laughs> Jesus says, I'm going to dip this bread. And whoever I give it to after I dip it, that's the one that's going to betray. He dips it and he gives it to Judas. Everybody's like, oh, they can't believe it, right? There, Judas stands up. He leaves. He's about to go betray Jesus. You got to read chapters 13 through 15. It's amazing. At the end of chapter 14, Jesus says, come, let us now go to another place, right? So at the end of chapter 14, they all get up in the upper room, they go down, and they begin to cross Jerusalem, and they're on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane is where early, early in the morning hours, Jesus is praying because he's about to get arrested, he's about to be flogged, he's about to get some nails through his hands, a crown of thorns through his head, and he's preparing for all that's about to come. In the Garden of Gethsemane, remember, that's where Jesus, he's praying so much that he begins to sweat, and it even looks like blood, the Bible says. He's in agony. He's, he's in pain. And he's saying, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. Right? That's the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus has to cross all of Jerusalem from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. So in John chapter 15, it's kind of like the in-between. As Jesus is crossing through the city, me and Diana, we were able to do this, and we were able to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and right before the Garden of Gethsemane is called the Kidron Valley, and before the Kidron Valley, you go through what was known as the Old Temple. So let me give you the setting. Jesus gets up from the upper room with his disciples, and he's like, let's go toward this place where I'm going to pray. Remember that's, where they're going to pray. Remember, that's where the disciples fall asleep in that garden? <laughs> Jesus is like, I want you to stay awake and pray. And he goes out to pray. He comes back. Peter's all like snoring and drooling. He's like, I told you to pray. And, and he wakes them up several times because he's like, an hour is coming, which you have no idea about. They're crossing on that way there. As they're crossing through that way there, the setting in chapter 15 is most probably that they were either next to or very close to what was known as Herod's temple, the second temple where everybody used to go and worship and do sacrifices. Now, now, you need to know this. The temple had massive columns in the front. And these columns, they were surrounded and they were wrapped in golden vines. It was golden vines that adorned and decorated the temple. So on one side, they probably had the temple filled with golden vines. And on the other side, they had the vineyards of Jerusalem. There was vines all over Jerusalem at the time. So this is setting. Jesus is walking with his disciples on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane to go pray. And right in between, we have this discourse, this conversation between Jesus and his disciples as he's near the temple, as he's near the golden vines and the vineyards of Jerusalem. And right there is where Jesus stops and he says, I am the true vine. It's powerful. This was extremely significant to them and it's extremely significant to us because the vine meant something extremely powerful to the Jews, right? It, because to them, the vine was a symbol of Israel. All throughout the Old Testament, if you read all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the book of Isaiah, Ezekiel, even read Psalm chapter 80, it describes Israel as a vine. 
Israel was always known as a vine. And in fact, in Psalm chapter 80, we see that God, he's grown agitated or upset at Israel at the vine because they're not producing fruit. They haven't been producing fruit. And so God, he, he's a little bit upset. And the Jewish mentality was that as long as I'm connected to Israel, I'm connected to God. Because Israel had a special privilege with God. It was the chosen vine of God. Psalm chapter 80 says that he plucked out this vine from Egypt and he planted it in a promised land. So they thought, as long as I'm in the vine of Israel, I'm okay with God. Jesus now, in John chapter 15, he's saying, you don't need salvation through laws, regulations, rituals. That's not how you are connected with God. You're not connected to God through Israel. You're connected through God through the true vine. His name is Jesus. There is no other vine like Jesus. You want salvation? It's not by laws. You want salvation? It's not by behavior. You want salvation? It's not by what you can do. He's saying, you want salvation? It is only found through the name above all names the name of g i am the true vine there is no other way to the father there is only one jesus he is he was and he is to come somebody give god a big shout of praise for the vine i am the vine he's standing in this setting and he says i am the true vine you're not saved because you do something you're saved because of what jesus did you're not saved because you show up to church. A lot of people think that they show up to church, they're checking off something on a list, and I'm saved because I came to church. We're not in church to be saved. We're in church because we are saved. We come to church because we know he saved us. He sanctified us. He forgave us. He cleansed me. I was a sinner. I was lost, and I was blind. But because of Jesus, I got life. I got salvation. I got forgiveness. That's why I show up early. That's why I worship. That's why I sing, because there is no other vine. I was lost. I thought money could do it. I thought relationships could do it. I thought people could do it, but I found the vine. Oh, come on. I found the true source. I found the one that gave me life. That's why I worship. That's why I come and I sing because there is no other name like the name of Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. I love this series. We're talking about Jesus, right? A lot of people think that because we do stuff, we're good with God. No, you need to know Jesus. Salvation is only through Jesus. I'll put it this way. If you don't know Jesus, you don't have salvation. You don't own, you don't possess, and you don't know salvation apart from Jesus. He's saying, I am the true Divine, powerful statement for them, powerful statement for us. He says, you need to know me. Do you know the vine? Like, like I, that's the question I asked myself this past week. Like, do I really know Jesus? Do I know the vine or am I in love with an idea of the vine? Do I really know G Jesus says, I am the true vine. Remain in me. Another translation says, abide in me says this two times, abide in me. What does abide mean? Abide means to continually remain and stay in him. He's saying, remain in me. Well, what do I do to abide, Alex? I want to abide in the vine. I do want to be in the true vine. What do I do? Can I tell you the first thing? In order to abide, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. To abide is to believe. Keep believing, keep confessing in Jesus. That's what abide means. To abide is to believe. You want to stay connected to the vine? It comes from believing in who the vine is. 
right? Do, do you really believe that he's divine? Do you really believe that he's the ultimate source of eternal life, right? Or, or, or do or we just think he, he's a good teacher, he was a great guy, I just love singing to him on Sundays, and I love showing up in church and talking about him for a little bit, but, but that's about it, or is he, is he really divine in your life, right? Don't stop believing. To believe is to connect. To believe is to connect. I think a lot of us, we think we're saved because our parents were saved. Right? Oh, I, I got a relationship with God. I got a relationship with Jesus. I love Jesus. Me and Jesus, my homeboy. Love him, homie. <laughs> Grew up in church. I know all the songs. I love it. I love it. I know all those songs. <laughs> right? <laughs> this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. Anybody remember? Some of you don't want to sing to show how old you are, but it's okay. <laughs> and we think that salvation comes from knowing about Jesus. Know about him. Come on, I know. I know all about Jesus. I know he had long hair, blue eyes. <laughs> right? I know all the stories in the Bible. I've heard them all. But do we know about Jesus or do we truly know Jesus? To, to know him, to believe in him, to fall in love with him and say, I, I know him. I don't want to stop believing regardless of what I go through. I believe in what he said. I believe in who he is. And I believe that he's coming back again. And the problem is that distractions happen often and disconnections happen often. Here's the question. Can you believe even when it seems like you're disconnected? The other day, I, I really wanted to talk to Pastor Ricardo Bissett. A lot of you know we help out a church in Cuba, Havana, Cuba, which is Calvary, Havana. We love them. They're good friends. and We give them monthly some money and finances. We help them. We gave our heart for the house, an amount to them to help them get a building. We were there in October and beautiful people. I love them. And it had been a little while since I talked to him. And so I've been emailing him and. I'm like, Ricardo, llamame, hey, call me. Like, you know, I want to talk to you. How's everything in church? How's it going? And uh, finally, uh, we were able to contact him, and, and he gave me a phone call. And they called me. and They're like, hey, he's about to call you in five minutes. Make sure you pick up. If you know about phones in Cuba, they only get a limited amount of minutes. And so you got to just be ready. And so I was ready, and I, I pick up the phone call. And if you know Ricardo Bissett, he, he's a trip. Like, he, once he starts talking, there's no stopping him, right? <laughs> and so I pick up the phone call, and... And I'm like, Ricardo, how you doing? He goes, oh, yeah, he just keeps going, 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 going. I can't get a phone call. I can't even get one word in. And maybe it was because of the location where he was at, and he didn't have enough signal. Maybe I didn't, and it's a little bit tough. But it sounded like he was in a cave. Like, I, I couldn't hear him, and there was a whole lot of feedback. And how many know when you talk to somebody in another country, sometimes there's a big delay, right? And so I'm just like, Ricardo, how's the family doing? He's like, Alex, like, gracias, está bien. Everybody doing good in church? And blah, blah, blah. And he keeps talking. And like three minutes later, he's like, ah, oh, la familia. And I'm already asking about something else. And it's a huge delay. It sounded like he was either in a cave or underwater. And there was a huge delay. And it was probably because there was a disruption. And the location that he was at, it seemed like there wasn't a strong connection in order to talk. Can I tell you, it's sometimes it gets extremely hard to believe when you can't hear from God directly and it seems like God and his voice is not connecting the way you want it to connect and you can't hear from him, especially during tough, difficult locations in your life. There's going to be moments in my life and in your life where we are going to go through some moments that all of a sudden it seems like the reception is not that clear. God, I'm going through this storm. God, I'm going through this tough moment and I can't hear your voice too clearly, God. 
God, it seems like your voice and your answer is delayed. I'm going through a tough location. It seems like the signal has been disconnected. And God is saying, I want you to believe no matter what. He's preparing the disciples because he's about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane where they're about to come arrest him and then later on crucify him. And he's telling the disciples, after they do this to me, they're going to do it to you. Oh, no, no. Preach to me about faith. Preach to me about healing. Preach to me something good, Alex. This is not a word. This This is not in the Bible. This is not real, right? A lot of us don't want to hear about suffering, but suffering is sometimes when we look the most like Jesus. And he's preparing them. In fact, the next chapter says, oh, if they hate you, don't worry. They hated me first. And he's preparing them because persecution is about to begin. And what he's saying is, even in the toughest moments, don't stop believing. Even through the hardest times, remain in the vine. Even when you can't see me no more. Even when I'm away from this earth and I'm next to the Father, you need to abide. You need to believe. You need to remain. Some of us in here, we need to determine in our soul, no matter what, I'm going to believe. When the storm comes, I'll believe. When the night falls, I'll believe. Even no matter what may happen, I will remain in the vine no matter what come what may i believe in the vine i stand in the vine i remain in the vine though i go through a divorce though i go through sickness come what may i believe some of us our belief in god is situated and is fixed on our circumstances as long as life is good our faith is strong can i tell you faith it's all about internal not external our faith and our belief shouldn't be shaken by what we see. It should be determined by what we know. We know he's with you. Soon I'll be gone. And it's to your benefit that I leave because if I don't leave, the comforter won't come. I'm going to leave and I won't be with you no more, but you're going to have the comforter, the advocate, the Holy Spirit that's going to lead you. And be, be careful. Then they're going to come after you and persecute you. And some of you will lose family members, friends, houses. Some of you are going to go through some difficult times, but just, just abide. Just abide. Yeah, but, but what about if I lose? Just, just abide? But, but what about if I can't pay my rent? Just abide. Yeah, but God, the doctor gave me this bad report. Just abide. Believe. Remain in me. I'm the vine. I can give you strength on the inside that nothing on the outside can give you. If you remain in me. Do you, do you know the vine? Believing is connecting. So how can I believe? How can I keep my confession going even when what I'm going on the outside is tough? We spoke about this at the beginning of the year. And I just want to remind you today. We said, why don't we take the first 15 minutes of our day. Everybody remember that? First 15 minutes of your day and, and give it to God. You want to have a strong belief? Wake up in the morning and before you head to your emails, before you head to your text, I'm, I'm going to take five minutes to pray. I'm going to take five minutes to worship. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take five minutes just to talk to God. I'm going to read my Bible for five minutes. I'm going to worship for five minutes. I'm going to pray for five minutes. Just go on YouTube. Right? Like, just pick a song. You, you sing another in the fire. That's like seven minutes right there. right? Like, just, just worship God, right? But give your first 15 minutes, right? Connecting is believing. The more you connect, the better you'll believe. Don't let this connection get in the way. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe. I'm going to give God my first team 15 minutes. How else can I connect? Some of, us, some of us think that church attendance is optional. I'll show up whenever I want. And if something else is going on in the city that's better, I'll do that. And I'll come the following Sunday. 
I'm not saying you got to be here every Sunday. You can't miss one. I missed last week. Right? I was with family, and sometimes you got to do certain things. But since I was as young as I can remember, I probably spent almost every single Sunday in church. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Something happens in church, even when you don't feel like it. You may wake up, you may be fighting with your spouse, your kids are all over the place. They threw up spaghetti from last night and the car is a mess, the house is a mess. We're going to the house of God no matter what because as soon as you get in here, you get around the faith atmosphere. Something happens to your heart, something happens to your It just connects me to the vine. Sunday, the first day of the week, I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to give him my first and my best. I'm going to give him the first of my day. I'm going to give him the first of my week. I'm going to give him the first of my finance. I'm giving God my first and my best. He does something in your life when you connect. Connecting is believing. Grow track starts today. It's right after the service at 1 p.m. All we're asking is give us four weeks. I'm not asking for 52 weeks. I'm not asking for 152 weeks. Give God four weeks and just connect. You're going to see who God is better. You're going to see what he wants to do in your life. You're going to discover your purpose. Connecting is believing. Get in a connect group. Get some people around you. Connection is believing. He says, believe in me. Remain in me. Abide in me. And then Jesus goes on. After he says, I am the vine, remain in me. He says, there's two types of branches. He says, one branch has no fruit and it's cut away. The other branch has fruit. And the gardener, the father, he does some pruning in it. <laughs> he does some pruning. There's two types of branches with two types of actions. One is cut away. The other one is pruned. He says, if you look around, there's 11 of us. There used to be 12 because there was one that used to look like us, but he never was a part of us. He had no fruit in his life, and he was just cut away. That's Judas. And in a little while, he's about to come and kiss me on the cheek and betray me. Because a lot of people can have an appearance of being a believer, but it's just on the outside. But on the internal, there is no fruit in their life of really knowing Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through my life having an appearance of knowing him. I want to know him with heart and soul. Walk with him. Get to know him. Talk to him. I want to have fruit in my life and, and maybe we're in here we're like okay I don't want to be the one that gets cut off <laughs> I want to have fruit in my life and a lot of times we think that fruit comes from doing I, I just got to do something maybe if I do something I'll have fruit can I tell you that's religion fruit doesn't come from doing can I tell you this fruit comes from obeying number two the second thing I want to tell you today is that we need to obey in all things is there fruit in your life what's the fruit the fruit is do you look like Jesus Right? Jesus comes to do things in our life. The gardener comes to do things in our heart and our soul. He comes to do surgery. He says, okay, there's some fruit in you. You, you know Jesus. You, you follow Jesus. Okay, there's some love. There's some patience. There's some gentleness in your life. I, I, I need to do some work in your heart. I need to do some work in your life so that more fruit can come. And so the gardener comes to work on our heart, to work on our life. And he said, hey, you know, you know that little area in your heart where there's unforgiveness? <laughs> and you're holding a grudge against somebody? Yeah, yeah. I need you to go and forgive that person. And we're like, oh, God, no. God, you, what had happened was not that person. What had happened was, God, you don't know what this person did to me, God. <laughs> right? He comes in. He's like, hey, hey, hey. What's that little anger issue in your life, right? You, you keep treating your wife a certain way. You're, you're, you keep treating your husband this way. You, you keep lashing out on your kids. I, I want to cut that off. You need to get rid of that anger. I'm trying to prune so that more fruit can come so that you look more like the son, Jesus. But I need to cut away some things in your heart. God, God, God but it's just, it's in my blood. It's how I've always been. I'm Cuban. I'm just like that. I just have this anger issue in my life. Let me give all these excuses, right? 
there's this issue in your life. There's this pride in your life. I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do something in your life. I'm trying to cut away some pride so that you look more like Jesus. I, I need to humble you, God. I'm not prideful. I don't need nobody. <laughs> Fruit comes from pain, not from doing. Because I know a whole lot of people that do a whole lot and don't look nothing like Jesus. I know a whole lot of people that come to church, sing the songs. <laughs> they look the part. They play the part well. They've been saying they've been Christians for a long time, but Jesus says you will know them by their fruit. I know a whole lot of people that claim to know Jesus, but look nothing like Jesus. I just don't want to have a godly appearance. I want to have a godly spirit. It's completely different. People like that give Jesus a bad name. Because they claim to love Jesus, but they can't love like Jesus. They look down on their neighbor. They look down on people that are different than them, that come from a different race or a different background or a different neighborhood. And all they have is pride, envy, and jealousy. And they're full of hate and evilness. Can I tell you, that's not Jesus. Jesus is humble. Jesus is loving. Jesus serves. Jesus, he suffered. Do we look like Jesus? I don't know about you, but I want to look more like Jesus. The end of the day, at the end of my race, I just want to look like Jesus. Right? Like, I don't want to do a whole lot of things and not have fruit. I want, I want to look like him. And it comes from obeying him. Do I, do I obey him in all things? Only in some things. Remain in me. He that bears fruit, the Father will prune so that more fruit will come out. He's trying to work in your life and in my life. So that you'll be more fruitful. After my accident in Colombia, <laughs> I went to sleep that night and I thought I was okay, but around three o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I was in massive pain. Massive pain, right? My knee looked a little swollen. I looked down, and I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Three o'clock in the morning, I went down, grabbed some ice, started icing my leg, and I'm like, Jesus, God help me. Like, I, I, it's my first day here and I'm already, like, I'm not gonna be able to walk. From 3 to 6 o'clock in the morning, I was icing my knee. And I woke up in the morning, and I'm like, babe, I just can't. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is bad. And some of the family members and friends are like, hey, we'll take you to this little doctor here in the corner. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. In this town that we're in, every little corner has a pharmacy and a doctor. I'm like, oh, Lord, Jesus. And um, I was desperate. I'm like, I just need some help. And. So they took me to this doctor. I'm like, we're in the middle of a jungle. Here we are now in like this little pharmacy. And uh, I'm like, I don't know if this guy's even a doctor. I don't even think he was legit a real doctor. I'm just like, oh, my God. He looks at me. He's like, oh, you're, you're going to be good. Like, you can put a little bit of weight on it. You can bend it. You, you didn't break anything. I don't think so. Uh, just come back here. And he takes me to this little room. It's just him and I, this little small room. I mean, I don't even know where I'm at. I don't know who this guy is, right? And he's like, I'm just going to give you two things. I'm going to give you a gel. And you apply this gel. You're going to be good. And then I'm just give you one more thing. And he gives me the gel. And the next thing he pulls out is this huge needle. <laughs> can I tell you, I am terrified of needles, okay? I am extremely afraid of needles, I don't like needles. Don't judge me. I, I don't like them, right? That's my fear. That's my struggle, right? And I'm just like, no, I'm good with gel. I already like gel. I put a lot of gel on my hair. I'm good. I'll put more gel. Like, I, I don't need, I don't need a needle. He's like, hey, don't worry about it. It's going to be quick. You're going to be good. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus. So I lift up my shoulder. He's like, mm-mm, turn around. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Oh, I tell him, I'm afraid of needles. I don't want the shot. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> he was judging me. And I turn around, and, and, and he gives me a needle, and, and he goes, the, the, the pinch, the first initial pinch is not going to hurt. You're not going to feel it. And he's right. I didn't feel it. 
He goes, but once I start putting the liquid in you, that's going to hurt. I don't even know what he put in me. I don't know what he put in me. But <laughs> As he was injecting me with this liquid, can I tell you, there was massive amounts of pain. I don't care if you call me a baby. I was biting my shirt in that back room. I was like, oh, God, help me. I was, I was feeling that in my soul. Can I tell you, it hurt for a little while, but later on that day, I was able to walk a little bit better, and I felt a little bit better. The next day, I'm like, Columbia in the house. <laughs> Can I tell you, when the father comes to prune, it may hurt for a little bit, but it will help in the long run. He may have to hurt you a little bit. He may have to cut away some things, and he may work on your heart, and you may not understand why. And it may hurt for a little, but it will help in the long run. Maybe he comes and he's like, oh, I need to take away this certain something in your life. And you're like, God, I don't want, I mean, I mean, need to take away somebody from your life. I mean, I mean, need to take away a toxic relationship from your life. And it may hurt for a little bit, but it will help in the long run. Because I'm only trying to produce more fruit in your life. He says, remain in me. You'll bear much fruit once the father prunes. And then he said, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Remember, he's preparing the disciples because he's about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. They're going to come arrest him, kiss him, arrest him, take him to the cross. He's about to be crucified. After he gets crucified, the disciples go into hiding. Remember, they're afraid. They're terrorized. They're like, oh, my God, we're next. Resurrection Sunday, which we're going to celebrate in two Sundays from now. When they see he's finally resurrected, he's alive, this is truth. They go out and they impact the world. Can I tell you, you can't impart, impact the world apart from Jesus. He's saying, remain in me because apart from me, you're not going to be able to do anything. But if you remain in me, you can make a difference. Number three, if you believe and obey, you can make a difference. You and I, we can make a difference when we're in the vine. Can I tell you, God has given you purposes. God has given you giftings. God has given you a skill set. God, God has placed something on the inside of you so that you and I can make a difference in the world. But it's not going to happen apart from the vine. I'm not talking about being a good person. I'm not talking about being a philanthropist. I'm not talking about just helping poor people around the world and you become this good person and you give money to people. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about just being a nice guy, helping people, hugging people, loving people. I'm not talking about that. There's a lot of good people in the world doing a whole lot of good things. Cool. I get that. I'm not talking about being a doctor in Colombia, giving shots to people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing something in this world with eternal weight. You can do a whole lot in this world. You and I can go out and we can, we can become the best people by doing a whole lot. But, but what Jesus means is something of significant and eternal value. Can I tell you, there's a whole lot of us that have been in the vine for a long time. And we produce fruit, but we haven't yet produced much fruit. And there's much fruit that wants to come out of your life so that you can make a difference. But you need to put your hands, your life in the hands of the vine dresser. You throw yourself in the vine and say, God, what can I do to start making a difference? I, I know you went to the cross. I know you suffered. You faced a gruesome death. The Bible says he was unrecognizable. You could see, you could see his bones almost. Like you suffered a whole lot for me. What do I do with that? You and I, what, what are we doing with what Jesus did for us I want to believe in the vine I want to abide in the vine I want to obey the gardener and then I never want to depart because apart from him I can do nothing if apart from him I can do nothing then together with him I can do all things you and I can can I tell you there's some people in here today you need to start making a difference in your world 
You need to start making a difference in your circle. I don't, I don't know your people that you know. You have friends I don't have. You know people that I don't know. I know people that you don't know. We all have our circles. You can make a difference because you're in the vine. Some of us, we've been in the vine for a long time. The last time that we helped out in anything was years ago. And God is saying, I, I, want, I want to do something powerful in your life. Apart from me, you can do anything. You can't do anything apart from me, but with me, I'm telling you, we're going to do something extraordinary. Some of you today, you know what you need to do? You need to join Dream Team. Right? Just standing out there in the parking lot, waving hi to somebody that's here for the first time with a smile on your face. We'll just do something in somebody's heart that they're like, you know what? I feel like today I can listen to the message. Somebody greeted me at the door and told me where the bathroom was. Somebody greeted me at the door and welcomed me into this place. Somebody helped me out with the lyrics when I didn't understand what was going on. Somebody helped me understand that life is way more than what's happening in the physical. There's a spiritual aspect. There's an eternal weight to what we're doing. They're going to tell you. Some of you in here today. Right after the service, you need to go over that black tent that we have outside. You need to go to that black tent. You need to talk to somebody. Say, hey, I'm joining Dream Team. Easter is two weeks away. We're going to have thousands of people come to Easter. It's going to be powerful when we help somebody make an eternal decision. We can't make a difference while we're in the vine. You go to somebody outside. There's going to be a bunch of people under that tent. Talk to a pastor or a leader, somebody with a shirt that says, welcome home. Say, I want to join Dream Team today. I need, I need to make an eternal difference in this world. Come on, can we stand up all across this place? He's divine. Come on, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. God, I submit to you. God, I give you my life. God, I give you everything. Come on, with hands lifted all across this place. Can we tell him, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give, Jesus. Oh, you are the vine. Father, you are the vine dresser. Begin to work in my life. Begin to work in my life. Begin to, begin to move in my heart. Begin, begin to tell me what areas of my life you want to work in. Begin to tell me, Jesus, what do you need to do, Jesus? Oh, all to him I freely give. You are the vine. You are the true vine. There is no vine like you. There is no other life source like you. Jesus, I give my life to you. Jesus, I put my life in your hands. Jesus, I give you everything. Jesus, I, I give you my whole life. Come on, let's sing it out. All to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender All to Him All to Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him Tell them in, in His presence daily live In His presence daily live Come on, can we lift up our hands? Oh, All to Jesus All to Jesus I surrender closed with every head bowed Jesus you are the vine there's no life apart from you we don't want to go anywhere else Jesus apart from you God that we would answer like Peter when 
when other people leave and you turn around and see us and you say aren't you gonna leave as well that we will respond and say where can we go but you only you have the words of life you are the vine you are a life source help us to be connected with you in love with you truly knowing you and walking with you early Monday morning and early Tuesday early Wednesday and I will wake up in the morning and worship you I'll, I'll know you I'll walk with you I'll know your words and your words have life your words have power your words are life Jesus Calvary we want to know you Calvary Church wants to know you wants to walk with you we surrender what do you got to do in our life what do you what do you got to prune God we want to bear much fruit we want to believe we want to obey and we know that apart from you we can do nothing come on with every eye closed with every head bowed we're leaving in just a moment would appreciate if people could just hold on just a second we're leaving right now with every eye closed every head bowed as the whole church is praying maybe you're in here today and you say Alex I, I don't know God Alex, I feel far from God. I got issues in my life and there's some things that I've done that I'm not proud of. Maybe you're in here, you're saying, Alex, there's no way that God can love me because I've messed up too much. I've done too much wrong. Here's the good news. You and I, we've done a whole lot of wrong, but God, he did everything right. He knows what you and I have done. and He loves us still. He loves you. He loves you today. He's madly, deeply in love with you and I. The truth is that none of us in here are perfect. There's not one perfect person in this place. We've all sinned. We've all done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. The Bible says that sin separates us from God. But that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus. Jesus came, the true vine, the bread, the door, the gate, the light of the world. Jesus came and he grabbed my sin. He grabbed your sin. He grabbed our flaws, our mistakes. The Bible says that Jesus, he carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. And he went up on a cross and he died on that cross. It's what we're going to commemorate and remember on Good Friday. And he died a brutal death for you and for me. Sin has a heavy, heavy price and you and I can never pay it. But Jesus said, I'll pay it for you. He was dead for three days, but after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. <laughs> so we're celebrating on Easter Sunday. He came out of the grave and we believe that he's alive today. He is the vine. He's the way to the Father. Come on, with every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're in here today, you say, Alex, I need a relationship with God. If you're in here, you say, Alex, I need forgiveness for my sins. I want to change. I don't want to continue down the same path. I, I want a relationship with Jesus. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, nobody looking around in a moment of privacy and concentration. The whole church praying. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If you're in here, you say, Alex, I need Jesus. I want you to lift up your hand right where you're at. I want you to hold it up just for a few seconds. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out, none of that. Two things. I believe God has seen you right where you're at. Lift up your hand and make this choice. And number two, I just want to see who I'm going to pray for. When I count to three, raise your hand for about five seconds so I can see you. Everybody else with their eyes closed, head bowed. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. Raise it up as high as you can. As high as you can. I see you. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else who raised it up? God bless you. Anybody else? Father, we thank you so much for all these hands. Thank you for every single person making this decision today. 
I'm going to say a simple prayer. All of you who raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say this out loud. Repeat after me. We're putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. Come on, let's say this together. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I am forgiven. I am saved and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Anyway, come on, church. Come on, Calvary. Can we give them a big, big hand? Come on, a big, big hand all across this place.